Hi everyone, welcome into a new installment of the Career Competitor Podcast with me, Stephen Mallow. We are the show that seeks to light that competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. As always, we're brought to you by my pals over at CG Sports Network. And today we get to welcome in Brandon Chubb to the Career Competitor Podcast. Now, Brandon comes from a family of competitors, football competitors mainly. His dad was a former NFL player. He was raised in the same household as his brother, Bradley Chubb, who went on to stardom currently within the NFL. He has a cousin as well in the NFL. But Brandon himself has been working diligently for opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to make sure that he himself is competing at high levels. He was certainly competitive on the field, but he has now gone on to performing at the absolute highest level across many different ventures, some of which include the Heartland Group, where he is the head of athlete growth. And he also has put together a company called Captain Partners, which is a group of former Wake Forest alums that he played with, played football with, that were also captains as well. So just a really neat venture there. But so many, so many things that he has going on within his life. You're going to find out here today that there hasn't been an inch of that life that he hasn't earned. Every opportunity along the way, Brandon was one of these people that was overlooked. People looked the other way when they saw Brandon coming. They didn't give him the time of day that maybe they gave to other people. So he had to get in their face. He had to earn those opportunities. He had to prove that he was the right guy for the job. And then even when he was getting those opportunities, if it wasn't enough, he would go and do the extra work in order to take advantage and optimize all of those opportunities that he found himself in. This is what our show here is all about, taking that competitive mindset, finding ways to optimize careers, finding ways to optimize your growth, not just within your career, but within life in general, by taking those competitive instincts and pushing on that ceiling as hard as you can and squeezing every ounce of your potential out of you in order to get the very best result. Brandon is going to give you so many fantastic examples of everything that I'm talking about here. But one theme that I really want you to pay attention to, and it certainly is something that we discuss, is that of humility. Brandon's willingness, not just to earn opportunities, but to recognize that for whatever reason, in that moment, he wasn't worthy of the opportunity. So he went and did the legwork that was required to make himself worthy. And that in itself is a trait, is a characteristic that we can all look to maybe instill more of within ourselves. So, so much fantastic content to be listening out for within this episode. So instead of holding you up any longer, let's jump right into my conversation with former NFL player turned entrepreneur, Brandon Chubb, and I hope you all enjoy. Hey guys, before we jump into this interview, please make sure if you're on Instagram, go to career underscore competitor, give us a follow. There you're going to find information about all my guests and episodes that we have coming up. In addition, I have links in my bio to each and every episode too. That link will take you to Apple Podcasts. If you are someone that likes to listen through Apple Podcasts, while you're there, take the time to leave a review of some sort. You can just click the fifth star, make things easy on yourself, or you can even write something as well. Let me know your thoughts. I would love to hear from you. In addition to that, make sure you're subscribed or following the show on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to us on. And finally, 
I would love to connect with you personally. So if you're on LinkedIn, make sure you're connecting with me, Steve Maller. I would love to hear from you. I would also love to hear if you think you or somebody else could be a great guest to come on the show. So many reasons to be following us, so many reasons to be listening to Career Competitor Podcast. But for now, let's get right to the interview. All right, I'm delighted to welcome in Brandon Chubb to the Career Competitor Podcast today. Brandon, first and foremost, you're out there in sunny and hot Atlanta, Georgia. How are things going, brother? Going well, man. Thanks for having me. And yes, it's hot, very hot, humid, and just trying to make it through this summer. <laughs> uh, well, I I've been looking forward to this for a little while. We we set this up uh, we set this up a, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, for me personally, as uh, as a fan of football, as a as a fan of honestly, believe it or not, I've I've got this weird connection to yourself through. I'm actually an NC State alumni, so uh, I watched your I watched your brother tear it up in the ACC for a few years mm-hmm. there. Um, and uh, but you have your own story to tell, and I'm so excited to have the opportunity for you to tell it to us today because. There's just some phenomenal stuff in here that uh, I know our listeners are going to really appreciate. So let's rewind to begin with. Let's go back to to your story on the gridiron. Uh, tell a little bit about what it, it what well where it was you got your start in football and and where it all came to 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 obviously where you finished your career as well. Yeah. So just from my upbringing, my dad was an NFL player, was a, a letterman at Georgia University of Georgia. So. I grew up in a football household, and what I mean by that is, you know, you would see uh, remnants of his playing days. You would see pictures. You would see jerseys. You would see the Letterman jacket. Him and my parents, him and my mom had this office. Their office was Georgia wallpaper, Georgia rug, Georgia light switch, and so you, you kind of grew up into that that household and to that culture, culture, right? And so that fast forward to high school, went to Hillgrove High School. 2007 was my freshman year. Hillgrove was built in 2006, so we were a brand new school. I was a second graduating class and freshman and senior and i say all that to say when it comes to recruiting right we're not on recruiting pipelines right now right lsu right. doesn't have hillgrove pinned on their map when they talk about going to the metro <laughs> Atlanta area as far as recruiting right. recruits and so at hillgrove new school i played defense in stand up stand up outside linebacker and, and had a great high school career we had a great team and you know outside linebacker was where, where the team needed me and that's where we uh needed me and, and where my skills will help us win. And so I say that to say when it comes to recruiting, teams weren't looking for a six-foot outside linebacker or a six-foot defense end. And so it was an uphill battle when it came to recruiting. Went through my uh, junior year with no offers, went to my senior year with no offers. And after like the first or second game, they started slowly rolling in. So there were double-A schools, the whole SoCon conference. So you have Furman, Chattanooga, Georgia Southern, App State, those guys. Mm-hmm. And at the time, this is, this is 2010, season uh app state was fresh off of that michigan wins oh yeah yeah Yeah, so they were they were a powerhouse and i committed to them i thought it was the best opportunity to play the highest competitive football that Mm -hmm. i i I thought i could play right and so going into that off season when you're going into the end of your your senior year you're going on these official visits took one to app state committed and then i would say two weeks later so there's signing days on a Wednesday. The Thursday mm-hmm. before, Brian Knorr, a defensive coordinator at the time for Wake Forest, comes to my high school. And he says, he pulls me aside in my coach's office and says, hey, somebody decommitted. There's a spot open. There's no guarantee. But we would love to have you come to the unofficial official visit this weekend right before signing day. Meet the head coach, who was Coach Grove at the time. See the campus. And, you know, we'll go from there. And so I was ecstatic at the opportunity. Went to Wake Forest. 
that weekend and, and commit it on the spot. And then three days later, sign my name to Wake Forest University. And then going into Wake Forest, redshirted my freshman year, my true freshman year, because I was a stand-up outside linebacker, and they mm. played me at middle linebacker in college. Okay. So being able to transition that redshirt year really helped me develop my skills as a middle linebacker, helped me develop my instincts. And at that time, we had a great offensive line. Uh, Joe Joe Looney on the Cowboys was on that offensive line. And, and other players oh, wow. who had NFL shots were on that offensive line. So that's who I was going against every day in practice. And that really helped me um, develop as a linebacker. And then the rest was history, right? My freshman year, I was a second-string linebacker, had 22 special teams tackles, I think the most in Wake Forest history. Uh, and then the, the next three years, I was a starter. And in my season, or into my career, first team all-ACC linebacker, highest voted linebacker on the list and uh, unanimous pick. So that's kind of my career. Yeah. Then went to the NFL. Then you went to the NFL. And, you know, this is one of, if not the main reason I was excited to speak with you this morning was you have a lot of characteristics and qualities that I can I can connect with, I can relate with. You know, nothing came easy. Everything was worked for. Um, you know, you had to put yourself in, in front of people in some way, shape, or form. And I think that is, you know, that kind of initiative that you took is also reminiscent of why it is today that, you know, you've, you've gone down this entrepreneurial route, which is yeah. what entrepreneurism is, is just putting mm. yourself in front of people, creating ideas, giving them a reason to really give a shit. That's pretty much what it's about, yeah. right? And, and, and yep. you know, so for, for you personally to have put yourself in a position to be in a competitive conference like the ACC and pretty much done it on your own, I mm. think that goes against everything else that people know of in terms of football recruitment you know because football recruitment is just social media blasted out there and obviously this was a time before all that but at the same time you know there was still stuff going on back in 2010 when things came easier let's say to people that were easier to get a hold of or people they were more you know better known let's say 100 percent so for you personally like when did you know when did you when were you able to look in the mirror and be like Listen, I, I know my value. I know what I can do and what I can bring. How, what am I willing to do to get other people to realize that? Yeah, I think my first true test was when going into my senior year, like I said, I had no offers. We went, me and my dad, he just took me to camps in the local area, right? So I went to UAB. I went to all these camps in this Southeast region. And this is a kid with no offers. I just wanted to get in front of these coaches. And I'm going to these camps and I'm playing middle linebacker, have no middle linebacker skills, nothing. So everything I'm doing, I'm winging it, right? But I'm trying. I know my dad is hopping in his car, using gas, using time on his weekends to take me to these places. And that, you know, I wanted to make sure I I rewarded him for at least giving my best effort and reward myself, right? He's putting me and giving me these opportunities. I want to make the most out of them. And then going into my senior year, that season, my dad, this is 2010, so no huddle, no Twitter. No, you know, no Instagram, nothing like that, where I could put myself out and and let it go viral through the social uh, network. And my dad said, Brandon, I'm a a hire camera guy. He's going to come to all your games. He's going to record after each game. In 48 hours time, we're going to make a highlight tape of that game. And we're going to add on the subsequent or the the prior games to that. And we're going to send them out to all these camps you just visited. We're going to send them out, just mail them to all these camps. And so that's what we did. And, And one caveat was he said, I'm going to do this, but in order for this to work, you got to be on every tackle. And mm. he was he was being literal. He might yeah, not have been literal, yeah. but I took it as literal, right? I got to be on right. every tackle. He said, you're yeah. not on that tackle. You got to be on the, around the ball, almost making a tackle if, 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 uh, if it came to you, right? And so mm. that's literally what happened. And that really just flipped the switch in my mind. And that was a test for me. It was, uh, all right, give it all you got. 
we can only mm. control what we can control. But if I'm on every tackle, somebody's going to notice it, right? Yeah. And so that was a true test for me, but it also helped me as a football player develop and have a nose for the ball, be a, be a, a, a ball hawk and really be a, make an impact on each and every play, regardless if you make the tackle, if you um, fill the gaps where the safety could come in and make the tackle, whatever it may be. And we see that coming to fruition with Wait Forest. Wait Forest offered mm-hmm. me because somebody decommitted. They had my tape sitting on their desk somewhere. <laughs> they put it in. Let's, say, let, let's see what this guy's about. Oh, well, maybe we can, you know, recruit him to fill this void in, in this linebacker uh, uh, spot that we just lost, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think the best, the best, and you said it, the best thing that happened to me was being under-recruited. The best thing that happened to me was being mm-hmm. undrafted because it caused me to to make a way out of no way, like you said, and, and knock down doors for myself, create my own opportunities, take advantage of opportunities when they're giving, knowing how, how small that door is and how small that window is of that opportunity and to also maximize it, right? And, and really yeah. grab life by the horns and, and, and take control of my own destiny. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. And, you know, be around, be around every tackle. It's almost like a mantra. It's like a life mindset. Yeah. You know, if there's mm-hmm. if there's something going on, get in there. You know, get amongst it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just really cool message from someone as influential in your life as your father as well. Like, it's just awesome. And um, you know, being able to also see now, maybe in hindsight, maybe not at the time. I'm sure you had some bad days when you felt under recruited while you were going through it. But you know, in hindsight, being able to look back and say that was the best thing that happened to me, you know, just, just not being given that opportunity and having to work for everything and finding the appreciation and the value in that. And you, you have your NFL career cut short and now you're in this position all over again in many ways. It's like, okay, now no one knows what I can bring to the table in other worlds, but I feel as though I have the ability to have influence, to make a name for myself now on a different path. And mm-hmm. I know for a fact that you've been able to do that, which is awesome. And and so what I'd love for us to do now is just kind of change gears a little bit. Talk us through maybe some of those initial months, maybe even the first year or so after you decided, listen, this ain't happening anymore. Football is now in the past. What's what's the next chapter going to look like? So just so, sort of walk us through that, yep. Brandon. I think the best, like I said, best thing that happened to me was going through these challenges early. So second year in the league, 2017, first practice of OTAs, going into my second year with the Detroit Lions, tore my ACL on a special teams pre-practice. We weren't in pads, we were in helmets. I was going maybe 25% against Brandon Copeland, right. a guy I look up to. And we were, I was on punt, he was on punt return. And we were just shadowing, shadowing myself going down and, and covering my lane. And mm. what that did was it let me know, one, this game can end at any moment. Like I said, I had a clean bill of health, never been to the doctor for anything negative besides a physical and a checkup, never had surgery, nothing like this. And now I can't do nothing for nine months minimum. And so I was on IR that year. It was in Detroit. They let me go home. So I rehabbed at Emory in Atlanta. And what I realized is after like two weeks, it got old quick, right? I woke up at seven, went to rehab, came home at nine. And at this time I was 22, 23. I was still staying with my parents. Um, they would be at work. All my friends were, you know, in college or, or at work, right? So I was yeah. at home at 9 a.m. realizing, like, I can't just do this for the rest of my life. Like, it's, yeah. like more to life than just me sitting at home uh, rehabbing, right? I rehab sure. for two hours, and then I just, you know, like only so much Netflix, PlayStation, and, and Twitter <laughs> somebody can consume. Right. And so NFLPA had a program called the PAIR program, which was for IR guys, guys who were injured reserve, and what they would do from for every month in the season 
So September, October, November, December, they would fly you out for like a week or a weekend at uh, the headquarters in DC. And it was just kind of like a, a summit. You would have speakers, you would have uh, workshops, you would have networking events, and it would help uh, cultivate your off the field career. And so mm -hmm. what that did is one, get me entrenched in the NFLPA. So I understood the resources that were out there for players, how they helped and supported players in their off the field careers. And then two, being able to understand that I can tap into all these resources that are around me. I went to Wake mm -hmm. Forest. Wake Forest has a big alum network in Atlanta, in Buckhead. So I was able to go back home and call Mitch Shaw, part owner of the Hawks in a private equity firm, hospitality uh, at, at Noble Investments and, and have a coffee with them. I was able to call all these other people from Wake Forest that I had that common denominator with and talk to them about what they do in their career and just pick their brains and learn yeah. different things about different industries, right? As athletes, yeah. we're so hyper-focused about that sport. All right, I got to get through college, focus on my grades, but get through college and let's get to the next level. And so you got blinders on and you don't really understand what you like about yourself, what you don't like, what, what you're interested in outside of that sport. And so yeah. tearing my ACL second year and being on injured reserve gave me 12 months of really uh, opportunity to do it and to, to understand and take my time with it and to really grow grow that uh, business acumen and cultivate that entrepreneurial spirit and really test things out. Uh, I interned in the Hill with Congressman John Lewis in DC that December of 2017. Wow. And then two, two months later, I interned with Fanatics. And then the next year I interned with United Way all through the NFLPA. And so I understood, I took the, I went with the politics. I understood I didn't like the politics. I went to kind of uh, business and, and merchandising and retail and, and manufacturing. And then I did nonprofit, I have a nonprofit now. So being able to experience all those things and really get a feel for myself and feel for what I like really jump-started this, right? And, and it yeah. wouldn't have happened if 2017 wasn't a year where I was sitting at home for nine months. And so 2019 was my last season. I did a, uh, had a knee surgery right before camp got uh, put on an injury settlement. And so I was, you know, more aware, but I was also more prepared that when this is over, I have something that I can start uh, going into. And so mm -hmm. I did a Harvard Business School program, crossover into business, got uh, got into that Harvard Business School network, got mentors that were Harvard Business School students, and really started fine tuning these passions, private equity, and then that led me to venture capital. And so once I was ready to go, I called some colleagues from Wake Forest that I played football with and we were off and running, right? And just right. took advantage of every opportunity. And and, and Justin Forsett, uh, quick story. So second year when I tore my ACL, had surgery by the Dallas Cowboys doctor, Dr. Cooper. And Justin Forsett okay. was neighbors with my agent. So I, my agent stayed in Dallas. So I stayed at my, my agent's house for seven days after surgery just to let the swelling go down the plane or the, the pain go down before I hopped on a plane for two hours. Sure. And Justin Brissett just started his company, Hustle, Hustle Clean. At the time it was mm -hmm. called Shower Pill, but it's a hygienic body wipe. And I was a great, I was a great use case for it, right? A guy who yeah. took a shower for three, four days <laughs> because I was immobilized and I couldn't yeah. get my stitches wet, right? And so when Justin was over there, he told me, you know, while you had the shield, you know, make sure you use it appropriately, right? So mm -hmm. use that shield while you have it. Because you're not complaining in the NFL for 40 years. People and, and you know this and everybody can tell you this, but as a professional athlete, you have certain access, you have a certain uh, glow to you that doesn't really hit the same when you're retired or when you're done playing, right? Even if you're the yeah. last guy on the bench or the first guy on the bench, you open doors and have access and opportunities that you just don't have. And I don't know what the reason is, but you just don't have the, the moment you retire. So I was yeah. taking advantage of that shield as well to make sure if this ended tomorrow, at least I opened up enough doors or opened up some 
uh, some opportunities for myself. Yeah, I love that term shield because, you know, I, here I am, I work in college athletics for my day job and, you know, these kids have a shield right now. They don't, they don't know it and I can absolutely scream in their face and tell them like, go get experience in other things right now, go set yourself up and they think sometimes getting that degree is, is the be all and end all of that and I just, mm. then there's more, there is more mm. that you can be doing and you have mm. the ability to do that right now. I've never heard mm. it put as a term as a shield before, which I just absolutely mm. love. But mm. the, the, the humility of your story, Brandon, is something I'm just like totally in awe of because when you talk with, and I, I, you know, I've had a, been fortunate to have a few um, current and former NFL players on this show before. You know, one thing that I see in common with guys like yourself that are able to truly capitalize off the situation that you're handed when you are a pro athlete in terms of setting yourself setting yourself up for the years after is that humility and willingness to say this isn't going to last forever you know i am not unbreakable i i it turns out that i can be broken it turns out that i do have my flaws and that it it can be taken away at any moment and i think the humility while you're going through something that where you could easily get this sort of chip on your shoulder and you say to hell with everything else. I'm going to focus on my rehab. I'm going to come back stronger than ever before, et cetera, et cetera. All physical, all physical. And you could have easily left all that other stuff right. to, the, to the side. And, and, and the ability to recognize it and then, like I said, have the willingness to go and intern. Like Again, these are the lowest positions. Interns yeah. are the lowest positions. And you said, to hell with it. It's opportunity. It's opportunity yeah. that I have in front of me right here. I'm going to go get the, that experience. And like I said, I just, I'm just so in awe of that because I think it takes a specific type of human being to say, listen, this is what is necessary for me to then 5, 10, 15 years from now be in the position that I know I, I want to mm -hmm. be in. And I'm going to have to earn every little bit of it. I'm going to have to earn all of it. And I think mm -hmm. that is just... It's incredible. I love that story too, just about him being able to, hey, these wipes, man, these, these things right. can work. <laughs> right. Right. I love that and, stuff. And then that's kind of why I, I do what I do with Heartland and, and wanted to work with those guys is because mm -hmm. I understand I've been in that seat and you mentioned it when you talked about the shield. If I, I did all this as a Wake Forest athlete, right? I was three and nine for three years, four and eight for one year, right? And mm -hmm. I love Wake Forest. It's a great program. Coach Clawson has done a great job building that program to what it is now as a perennial bowl team. But when sure. I was there, we were three and nine, right? And we were, right, you, right. you were NC State alum, so you know how Wake Forest was at times. And I did all this. I did I'll open all these doors for myself. I, I, I get, got into these rooms and, and I did, like I, the opportunities are endless. So I have a Nebraska N on the side of my helmet the opportunities are endless right so right going back to your shield point but then also being able to relate to these kids the, the, the humility that it takes right mm. i'm a first round pick i'm a third round pick it takes a it takes a lot of humility to go work for fanatics egos and, egos and, pre egos pretty yeah. big at that point yeah absolutely right. and, absolutely and, and, and i was in a position where you know I'm an NFL player, but I'm amongst people. They they're like, why aren't you why aren't you playing right now? Shouldn't you be playing? Why are you doing this? Is you know, it takes humility. It takes it takes putting your pride aside, understanding the long term gain that this this small term small seed that you're playing right now can help with. And I'm an econ right. major, right? So I understand the long term gain and and really think of life and in, 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 in those type of uh, uh, views. But being able to put the pride aside, understand that you know, yeah, this is cool NFL no matter how much money I make, we all understand you got to do something else. 
COVID mm-hmm. taught, taught us that, you know, all these billionaires sure. moving to Miami and, and Austin because they couldn't sit in their house for any longer, right? So you got to understand that being able to uh, have a passion and it doesn't even have to be something that, um, you know, you're going to make a million dollars off of, but something that gets you out to bed every morning, something that keeps you sure. motivated, something that makes you a better husband, uh, wife, dad, da- uh, uh, mother, whatever it may be. So sure. uh, that goes a long way and it really... Uh, realizing that at a young age helped me a lot and, and it really got me to where I'm at today. Absolutely. And you've referenced Hotland Group a couple times and it's something I went and checked out uh, a couple days ago and I was just going to go check it out. But I tell you what, whoever's responsible for the website, great work because you had me in <laughs> for like 15 minutes. I was like navigating through all of it and yeah. you know, just really in awe of the service that you guys are providing there. And, and you've touched on a couple of the things that you specifically are working on as well and i do want to go into that now honestly because yeah. so much of what we're talking about is is so is so um applicable to what the company is so why don't you just present heartland to us a, a little bit more in detail yeah those guys are great and then heartland um it's just a collective of creatives that we we try to maximize the opportunities for these athletes and, and maximize them from a, a nil standpoint from a creative standpoint from a branding standpoint from a social strategy standpoint and really make the most impact right i think just from a being a athlete and understanding what athletes look for when it comes to branding themselves and how they can position themselves and brand themselves appropriately but also have the right creative behind it the right imaging the right whatever to, to make their brand more attractive to the athlete themselves right so being able to even as an athlete if i have a partnership with a with Sony, right? And, and they have to make me do sponsored ads. Well, let's position those sponsored ads in the most applicable way that I'm sharing it organically as an athlete, whether I'm sure. paid or not, right? Let's, mm. uh, they did a, a partnership with Snickers and they made like caricatures, caricatures of these professional athletes. So Bradley, Nick, and like 10 other guys for the uh, hungriest player of the week each season of the 2020 <laughs> season, right? Right, but right. These caricatures look so much like these players they got so much engagement from these actual players from resharing, reposting, and really sure. uh, spreading that message outside of the scope of the engagement that these pe- people, these players signed up for. So things like that, right? And then for me, from my perspective of, like I said, with the Open Doors uh, Masterclass, we partnered with Open Doors. And so being able to relay that message that I told you earlier about the shield and, and, and branding and opportunities and, and positioning yourself as an athlete and, and using Heartland to be that I guess, vehicle to drive these athletes to maximize that value, I think is huge for us and something we're excited about. And that's why I wanted to, you know, join these guys. You mentioned the website. These guys get it, right? And, and they're, they're on point with things just from a standpoint of thinking like an athlete from a business side too, right? right. Be, being able to communicate effectively, understanding the transparency of things and, and, and working as a team to get to the common goals. No egos. Talk about humility. There's no egos. Mm-hmm. And we all understand that we all have that diversified minds and backgrounds and, and skill sets and really just aggregating that to, to make the best possible product and make the best possible, um, I guess, engagement with, with everything we do. Oh, yeah. And it's working. Like I said, you you, you pulled in a 36-year-old uh, coach who, <laughs> who has no chance of getting any branding deals anytime soon. Let's put it that way. Um, so with, uh, with that being said, I just think it's it's really cool and also just ties in really nicely with your story too it's about giving people opportunity you know really really understanding that this is an era now of yes we are we have access to more things than we could have ever imagined but we also have more opportunity than we could have ever imagined and i think Mm -hmm. people don't understand how to truly optimize that opportunity and i say people i'm talking about you know current student athletes and something that's very close to my heart is making sure that 
you know, these kids are getting the right opportunities right. and they're making the most of it. And I right. love that you're doing something there um, that, that falls in line with that. And, and you know, our, this whole show is built on this premise of, of taking the athlete mindset and, and, and being able to apply it in just about any field in life and be successful. And, you know, if anyone who's been listening to this for half an hour now doesn't recognize that that's what you are, Brandon, they've not been listening. Um, but in terms of you, the competitor, you think about you, the yeah. competitor as the football player, and you, the competitor, as an entrepreneur today, you know where are the correlations? Where where does one end and one begin, or is it? Do you feel like it's just the same competitor that's just on a different path at this point? I think it's the same competitor on a different path. So I started my VC firm, Captain Partners, twenty twenty of of last year or September twenty twenty, and it's called Captain Partners one because of what you just said, right? All my colleagues that are with me at Captain Partners that invest with me and, and advise on these deals are all former captains of Wake Forest football team that played with Love me. It. And so yeah. I think naming that in itself shows you that competitiveness, right? We're out mm. here fighting to win deals. We're fighting to get allocations. I'm fighting to meet founders and to to sell the value add and the capital plus we are as a VC firm. But at the same time, we're, we're having that discipline approach that it takes to be an athlete. We have that accountability. We are, we're able to communicate effectively. We, we're able to um, work towards a common goal and roll with the punches. As an athlete, and you know this, you, you lose way more than you win. The goal mm -hmm. is to win as, as much as possible, but you're going to lose a lot too, right? 100%. And it's really how, how, how you get off the canvas when you get knocked down and how many mm -hmm. times you're, you're willing to get knocked down before you see a, 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 a prize or a finished goal. And so being able to take that into a, a professional career and a business career I think it's huge, especially from a venture capital standpoint, where there's a lot of risk and there's a lot of reward and outsized returns that correlate with that risk. You got to be able to find those entrepreneurs who have that athlete mindset, who are mm -hmm. able to roll with the punches, who are able to get told more, uh, no more than times and then they get told yes, and to be able to translate that into a profitable business, a revenue generating business, and to build a team around them that helps with that, right? Because you think about an athlete, an athlete especially a middle linebacker, I got the headset. I'm calling a play. Nobody's yeah. moving on defense until I call the play, right? Mm -hmm. If I don't call a play, those D linemen are turning back, looking at me with their hands up. Those safeties <laughs> are yelling at me, yo, 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 what's going on? Right. Everybody's having their hands up. Same with the quarterback. So being able to understand that from a business standpoint, relay that into what we're doing as competitors, but how we can do that with a, a profitable business and be, be able to create value for others, right? And that's kind of my whole MO is create value for others. So my nonprofit, we, we serve underrepresented kids in Atlanta and in the Denver community to give them more opportunities that, that we had and were fortunate to have, but be able to put those resources that we have in our platform, leverage that to create opportunities for them. And so being able to use all those resources I have and to be able to pull from them and, and connect the dots and leverage them and, and maximize with the diligent approach and all these characteristics of the athlete and competitor to create value for others, whether that's in uh, nonprofit, uh, public sector, public education, getting opportunities to go to school, educate yourself, whether that's in captain partners and get outsized returns as an investor and to bring more minority investors into the, the venture capital access class because now I'm the bridge instead of somebody right. in Silicon Valley that you can't get on the phone with unless you were <laughs> his next door neighbor and went to, to Stanford with him. And then sure. also at Heartland to be able to relay the messages and, and the, the challenges, but also the failures I had and to, you know, put that in front of athletes, be transparent as possible, let them know that I'm surrounded by a team of other guys and creatives that can maximize that value and position in the best way possible. 
I think kind of that competitor in that uh, athlete versus business is the same. It's just, you know, it's not, it's not contact no more. It's sure. more just, you know, having, having uh, that same competition, but, but through words and through your, your mind and skill set and, and how you execute. I love it. I love all of it, man. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny sometimes on this show, people will, people will make it seem before we, we interview that, you know, they're, they're busy and they're trying to fit this into their schedule, <laughs> but man, you are busy. You are busy. You know, there's a lot yeah. of stuff you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, yeah. being able to get 30 minutes of your time is, is huge. Um, but in terms of just a couple of things that I'm listening here, like I, I love how you're creating value for others, but something I'm hearing and I want people to really appreciate is that for you to create value for others, Brandon, you've had to create value for yourself. For you to create opportunity for others, you've had to create opportunity for yourself. And I think that is something that people need to truly appreciate is if we're going to compete in our careers and we're going to optimize our potential, it, it can't just be us taking care of us, you know? And, and we also need to realize too that if we do take care of ourselves, we got to pass it on. We got to pass it on and we got to make those opportunities happen for other people as well. So it's just this, it's a two-way street. There's energy going in, there's energy going out. And I, I just hope people are hearing what it is you're talking about here and realizing that this is someone who's had to create their value in order to produce value for others. And I'm just so appreciative that you've been able to share this message with us because it's something that people need to hear and realize yeah. Uh, and and I hope they appreciate it as, as much as as much as I do. And uh, just one last thing, while I have you, in terms of because I had to ask, and I'm sure you get asked about it all the time. You know, your family line, your bloodline of competitors is there's not many out there um, that that's more competitive in terms of your bloodline. When did for you the competitor within your family like? Have you always known that it, in, in your own way that you would be competing in an area that was different maybe to others like did you all feel like you had your own individual lane when it came to how you were going to compete within your family yeah i felt like we all had our own different lane and understanding that we could be running the same race in a different lane right and it doesn't have to be hmm. we take each other down or compete against each other like brad and nick are the same age same grade right yeah so that could have been oh they're competing for offers because um, you know, Georgia might have only one more offer to give out or one more scholarship, right? But they weren't, they weren't competing for anything. They were running the same race in different lanes. I was running the same race, but in a different lane, right? I went to um, Wake Forest, Brad went to NC State, Nick went to Georgia um, and being able to create and carve out uh, a niche for ourselves, right? Being able to be a linebacker who was a stand up outside linebacker for four years and didn't have any offers and nobody really thought twice of them. Being Bradley, being a, a guy who, tore his ACL his junior year and thought his career was over and being able to come back from that, go to a school that at the time, I mean, he had offered from Mississippi State when Mississippi State was number one in the country. And so to be able to go to a school like North Carolina State where he felt the the culture and the coaching staff and the, the team was a, a great fit for him and understanding that he could best utilize his assets there. Nick, being able to go to University of Georgia, a highly revered school as far as football goes, and especially when you're from Georgia, and be able to carve out a niche for himself and compete with uh, Sonny Michelle, uh, 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 Keith Marshall, and a Ty Gurley, who are all going to that same school, sharing the yeah. same football and same carry, yeah. right? So being yeah. able to uh, compete, but understand that. And it, it goes back to what you said before the question when, and I like, I love how you put it. I never thought about it like that. To create value for others, you got to one, create opportunities for yourself. And you can't do it vice versa, right? You can't just only create value for yourself. And, and a yeah. coach, uh, Pat Medal, he's the strength coach at the Eagles now, but he was uh, assistant strength coach when I was at Wake Forest. Going into my junior year, 
Uh, like I said, we were three and nine. And at the time, you know, a, a young 20 year old Brandon was just thinking, let me get as many tackles as possible. Hmm. I know we're probably not going to win this game, but let me get my stats as high as possible and just go into the next game and really build this resume up for the NFL. And he right. pulled me aside one practice and or one uh, weightlifting uh, session. And he said, Brandon, and it wasn't shown through my character or through my attitude, but you could just tell it. He's a smart guy. He's like, Brandon, the team is only going to go as far as you take them. And what that meant was, yeah, you can be on an island and only worry about you and how many tackles you can get, but the team will go further if you take, teach that backup linebacker who just came as a freshman to take your spot if you bring him along to those film sessions with you, if you mentor him, if you bring him along to uh, your, your, your extra – uh, weightlifting sessions or extra stuff you do at the practice because when you go down or you have to step out or get a breather, he's going to be the guy that comes in, right? So, yeah, right. you can, you know, ignore it and really try to be uh, pushing them aside and only worry about yourself, but if you want this team to grow, and I was a captain too, so this was a great lesson for me. If you want this team to grow, you want to win these games and build this team along, you got to start bringing people along with you. And so once I once I learned that principle and, and, and got that value, it clicked, right? And then we had a new coach the next year. So then that talks about buying people, getting people to buy in and bringing people into the new culture that the coach is bringing about. And now they're going to bowl games every year. So being able to do that, but also understanding that opportunities aren't given to everybody, right? I was fortunate enough right. to grow up in a household where my mom was a boss her whole life. My dad was a former NFL player. I had two parents in the household. I grew up in Marietta, Georgia. All these things, right? I was able to go to every practice and get picked up from every practice and go to all these extracurricular activities. Everybody sure. else doesn't have the opportunity. So mm -hmm. when I'm in the position I'm in, whether that's an NFL player, whether that's a venture capitalist, being able to reach back and bring other people up with me. Um, mm -hmm. When you think about venture capital, especially when I broke into this industry, I talked to nobody from my community, nobody from my network, nobody from my, or who looked like me. I had to go mm -hmm. and break down these doors and, and really get into these rooms, open up my mouth. And then they understood that, um, I had value and now I really want to be a part of this, but I don't want that same struggle for that next Brandon Chubb. I want to be able to take that next Brandon Chubb who doesn't have nobody to look up to, but wants to break up, break into something big and be able to bring him or her along with me. And same with when it comes to football, I want to be able to, uh, break into a room and tell Brad, Hey, you could be a college football player too. Tell Nick, Hey, you seen your brother, Zach at air force. He's bringing you up too. Y'all don't have to mm. compete. You could be a college football player too. This is how you do it. This is how you got to prepare. This is how you got to train. This is what you got to sacrifice when you come home for the summers. This is what, you know, why you can't go to Panama City for spring break every year, right? You know, being able <laughs> right. to, instead of uh, compete with each other, let each other know that we can all be in this together. We're only going to go as far as the group, the collective goes, right? And so building each yeah. other up, reaching back and, and letting, letting others know that this is attainable, but also creating value for other people while doing that. So that's a great point you mentioned as well. Yeah, no, that's, I, I love it. And, um, you know, I, I love what you're saying there just about competing for the same thing and, and having our own lanes, though, in order to do it. And I think that's a really important message, too, is, you know, we can't all be rivals, right? We can't all just be rivals constantly. We're, we're never going to, there's, there's never going to be any cohesive work being done right. if we're all rivals. Um, so with that being said, I think that's a great message. And, you know, you said it yourself, and I was going to say it for you. You know, there's going to be many, many, many more Brandon Chubbs that come behind you because of the work that you're doing right now. And it mm -hmm. may not be on the football field. It may, it may be, it may be at a desk working on economics, whatever it may be. Um, but at the same time, it, it's just a, a wonderful story, an amazing journey, one that I know is so far from finished. Um, I can't wait to continue to follow it. And 
honestly, man, I'm just so grateful for your time. The insight was just phenomenal. And uh, thanks again for joining us today, Brandon. And all the best with everything moving forwards, brother. No, I appreciate it. I enjoyed this conversation. I was looking forward to this pod. Heard your uh, previous episodes. Brad being on the Broncos, I listened to the uh, Steve Steve episode and being able to you know talk to you and, and really just break it down is is awesome. And thank you for giving me a platform to tell my story. And my thanks again to Brandon for joining us on the show today. What about that? I told you at the beginning was going to be a fantastic listen. And Brandon is a competitor to his core, someone that is ever far from satisfied, always pushing for more, always believing that his ceiling can be reached. And he's very comfortable knowing that it's going to require a lot of work in order to get there. I can't be more thankful for his time. More importantly, I can't be more thankful for just the insight he was able to provide. Just some of the specifics there, the support system that he has of competitiveness. It's not just a support system, but it's a It's a system where he's surrounded by competitive instinct, competitive desire to better yourself, to be your best, whether it's from a family standpoint or those that he went to college with that he's now working with from a business standpoint. He's managed to surround himself with a type of support system that reflects who he is as a person. And that is so important, guys. It's so important to understand the power that that can have on you. And like I said at the beginning too, it's just something that I relate to massively because I found myself having to do this a lot growing up, is simply making opportunities happen for yourself, showing people that you are in fact the right person for the job, whatever position it is they're trying to fill, going up to them, constantly showing them, constantly tapping them on the shoulder and saying, listen, if you're not looking at me, you're going to regret it. And whether it was video of him as a football player, whether it was him being the first man to tackle every single day in every single practice, or whether it was simply being the first person to get that particular qualification that was required to go on and make that next step and being able to use all these amazing characteristics that he built already through his football playing days, knowing that he could rely on them as a person while he was then pursuing what it was he needed to when it came to qualifications, when it came to whatever he was needed to get in order to pursue that next level within his career away from football. It's all fantastic stuff. It's stuff that I couldn't find enough space on the page while Brandon was talking. It was one of those types of episodes where my pen was very busy, but it was all fantastic stuff. So I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I'm sure there was components in there that I haven't brought up that really resonated with you. And that's what I love most about this show is that we simply have that ability to give you enough diversity of talking points, of takeaways, where me, even the the host of the show, might not even be able to pull something away that you, the listener, were able to pull away for yourself. So either way, fantastic listen, awesome episode. Thanks again to Brandon for joining us. And thank you to you for listening. If you're this is your first time joining the show, I really appreciate the time. But while you're here, make sure you're subscribing to the show. Make sure you're reviewing. Make sure you don't miss out on future episodes. Why would you do that? Now you know the content it can be this good. Why would you allow yourself to miss out on any further opportunity to get that fire within you lit in order to go and optimize your career? So again, thank you so much for listening. All the best with anything and everything you've got going on within your world. And I look forward to speaking with you all again very soon. Bye for now.